introduction. Welcome to Epiphanies. Episode Epiphanies. So close. So close. Episode Epiphanies, a show where we try to make the other person like shows in genres they don't usually watch. My name is Jessica, and I pretty much exclusively watch dramas, live action, things like that. Uh, my name is Natasha, and I pretty much exclusively watch cartoons, um, sometimes anime, not a lot of dramas or live action stuff. And today, this week, I made Natasha watch White Collar, which I love White Collar so much. (laughs) (laughs) And we will see what Natasha thinks of it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, White Collar. I really didn't know anything about White Collar before I watched it. I knew it existed. I knew Jesse liked it. I knew one of my other friends, Valerie, really also really likes it. I thought that Jessie had a poster of it in her room when we lived together, but it turns out I was mixing it up with Suits, and I think that you actually had a Suits poster. You're right. I did have a Suits poster. Yeah. I thought it was White Collar, and then I was looking at the White Collar, like, logo and, and, like, characters and stuff, and I was like, I don't think this is right. And then I looked up Suits, and I was like, I think it was actually a Suits poster, and now I think that Suits and White Collar in my head are, like, the same thing. I don't know what the difference is. Yeah, except until I watched it last night at 1 a.m. and took a bunch of notes. So hopefully I remember it and my notes are coherent because it was the middle of the night. (laughs) Well, tell me what happens in the pilot episode then, or what happened according to your 1 a.m. brain. (laughs) Well, it starts off with some really upsetting haircutting ASMR. (laughs) Sure, okay. I I don't like ASMR at all. Is it ASMR? It's so ASMR. It's like quiet, whispery, the sound of him with scissors cutting his like beard and stuff and like trimming his beard and it's and you that's like that scratchy sound of like of like a scissors and like a razor on hair. Oh, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> Maybe don't watch this with headphones then. Yeah, with headphones that first 30 seconds is really upsetting. Um, I guess unless you like ASMR, that is probably really good. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so the reason why it starts off with some haircutting ASMR is because the beginning of this episode is about this um, criminal named Neil Caffrey, who is like a white collar criminal fraud person. Con man? He's a fraud. He's a con man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you said fraud man. And I was like, yeah, he's a fraud man. Um, He was arrested for like bond fraud or something something to do with bonds bond forgery but he was also like accused of a bunch of other like art forgery and and a bunch of like forgery and fraud and stuff he escapes from prison by pretending to be a guard he like shaves his beard because he started growing a beard so people wouldn't recognize him without the beard which is something we find out later anyways he he pretends to be a guard and he escapes prison really easily he just walks right out <laughs> um and then uh he also steals a car by pretending to be a valet and like you just get the sense that this guy is really smart and good at like tricking people and being charming and making people think what he wants them to think then cut to an fbi guy named peter burke who is like he's like is an FBI person who study not studies, I don't know, <laughs> tracks down people who do fraud. Agent. Is yeah, he's an agent for. who, I think they call him, he's part of the white collar crime unit. And at first he seems like a real pretentious asshole. I didn't like him at all for the first half of the episode. He kind of grew on me later, but at first he's just, I don't know, I didn't like him. He was very smarmy. Um, but <laughs> he is a very cop man, like right at the start. He's very much a cop man. 
But I don't think that's Peter's character at all. No, I think, and, like, at the beginning, it's, like, the people he's working with, like, mess up the case, and he's, like, super mad at them, and he's like, oh, you guys all went to Harvard, but you're all stupid, and it's like, dude, you don't, (laughs) you didn't do anything either, you're just standing there. How many of you went to Harvard, and they start raising their hands? And he's like, no, don't raise your hand. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so then the first little bit of the episode is him... Um, we find out that he was the FBI agent who put Neil in prison and he gets told that, that Neil escaped and he has to track Neil down. And the first little bit of the episode is him like doing a bunch of Sherlock big brain stuff being like, (laughs) Ooh, he's gotta be here because I looked at this pamphlet in his prison cell and, and blah, blah, blah. And I can't even remember exactly what he does, but he like figures out that he's going to be at this apartment because that's where his girlfriend was. I don't know. He tracks him down. Sorry, to just give slightly more context, yeah. he looks for the moment that Neil stopped shaving. Right, that's what it was. And he realizes that Neil's girlfriend came to see him that day and essentially mm-hmm. said, like, I'm leaving you, goodbye. And mm-hmm. that's when Neil started planning his escape. So he goes to the apartment where Neil's girlfriend lives. Yes, that's what it was. Um, I thought that the whole first episode was going to be, like, Peter trying to track down Neil because it kind of seems like it's setting that up. Like Peter does a bit of investigating and is like, oh, we need to do this and this. Turns out he finds him really early on in the episode at his girlfriend's apartment. Um, and they have like a weird, like sultry tension between them when he like tracks <laughs> him down. They're like in this apartment. It's like an empty apartment. And Neil's like leaning against this pole, looking at this like empty wine bottle, being really depressed. And Peter's like, mm, I've tracked you down again. And they have this like sexual tension. And there's a moment where it literally looks like Neil's leaning in to kiss Peter, but he just grabs a little like fiber that's on Peter's shoulder. And he's like, I'll tell you what this is. If you agree to meet me in prison in a week, because Peter's like, I found you, Neil. You have to go back to prison. Uh, And he tells him that it's a security fiber from a Canadian $100 bill. And Peter's like, that's valuable information because he's trying to track down this criminal called the Dutchman, who's also like a fraud guy. And the reason he had this fiber on his suit was because earlier when people messed up earlier and he was yelling at them about Harvard, um, this like safe (laughs) exploded and he got like all these fibers on him and they were from these like counterfeit bills or whatever. But yeah, there's just, like, a lot of sexual tension between Peter and Neil in that scene. (laughs) I was like, whoa. Okay, so people ship Peter and Neil. I find their relationship, like, so parental. Okay, well, maybe later in the series, but I'm going to tell you, this pilot, the sexual tension between them was palpable. (laughs) I agree that the pilot is more shippy, but... I don't know. There's such a, like, weird aspect of, like, Peter being responsible to Neil, like, fucking around. It just seems like he's his dad. Oh, well, not in the pilot. (laughs) Not even his dad. Like, his uncle. I don't think it's so much, like, he's his dad as much as it is, like, this is your uncle with your nephew who, like, you didn't raise your nephew, but you kind of know you're responsible for him because he's your nephew. Yeah. Kind of vibe. I can see that. I know why people ship them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like, I didn't even go into this expecting it. Like, a lot of, like, buddy cop type things have, like, a certain amount of, like, sexual tension. Or, like, you can read it as kind of, like, homoerotic. Like, that's very common in buddy cop type things. But, like, I was not expecting how shippy this was going to (laughs) be. 
<laughs> like, okay. Okay, move on. Canadian Fiverr, he does not kiss Peter. No, he doesn't kiss Peter. Ever. And, like, honestly, I don't even feel like it's the show intentionally trying to be like, oh, there's sexual tension. But, like, it's there. Anyways. Well, and we also get the sense in from this scene that, like, Peter and Neil have some sort of kind of, like, playful friendship almost like yeah. Peter doesn't come in like a cop with a gun like mm, get on the ground he's like they're having like a chat they're like friends like Peter knows about Neil's girlfriend and stuff like you get a sense that like when Peter was I guess hunting Neil down four years ago when Neil first went to prison like they d- developed somewhat of a relationship because just based on the way they talk to each other in this scene yeah and things we learn later yeah there's whole flashback episodes that Ooh. go through Peter hunting Neil and like they meet for the first time, like, two years before Peter first catches him. Like, they have mm-hmm. history. Yeah. And, okay, I'm going to talk about it more in a, in a later scene, but, like, you can tell. Um, so, anyways, Peter agrees to meet Neil in prison in a week. He goes and meets him, and Neil has, like, printed out all this information about, um, basically, he's like, I'll be your informant. You, I'll be released into your custody, which, like, I... I definitely, it's not meant to be, like, a, a weird shippy thing. Like, it's just, like, he's literally going to be released into his FBI custody. And that's kind of, like, a parental thing. But just the way he says that, he's like, I'm going to be, like, in your custody. And you're going to, you're like, own me. I'm like, dude. White Collar has a good ship dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, anyways, he's like, I'll, he, he even, like, gives him the information about the type of, like, anklet, ankle tracker he can have. And he's like, this one's unhackable. Like, I promise I'm not going to run away. Like, I will do whatever you say if you get me out of prison. And the other thing that's, like, an important detail is uh, Neil was, had a four-year sentence. And it was, like, a week or, like, two weeks or something before his sentence was up is when he escaped from prison. And the reason, supposedly, is because his girlfriend was, like, going to leave and he wanted to find her like, try to, like, find her before she left, and that's why he broke out, but he missed her. She, like, had already left the apartment when he got there, and he's like, I don't even care. Send me back to prison. I just wanted to try to track her down. But then once he's in prison, he really doesn't want to be there. And it's like, dude, you could have just waited a week. (laughs) But anyways. But he missed her by, like, two days. I know, but then as soon as he gets out, because spoiler alert, Peter agrees to let him be released into FBI custody to help with the case. He's, like, wanting to track her down again and it's like if you were willing to track her down like you should have just waited a week and then tracked her down instead of escaping prison on the off chance you might not miss her i feel like his contingency plan was all ready to ask peter for that that's fair I don't think that was, like, a run-of-the-mill thing. I think Neil had planned knowing that if he missed Kate, he would be captured. Yeah. And the way to get out of that was to ask Peter for help. That's fair. And, like, I think later in the series, if we, when we, like, learn more about Kate and, like, why he cares so much and, like, all this stuff, it might make more sense. But, like, from the context of the first episode, it's like, you could have waited a week and saved yourself <laughs> so much trouble. <laughs> okay, Yes. Like, so much trouble because you wouldn't have to deal with being Neil's or Peter's, like, informant. You could have just gone and looked for your girlfriend on your own after a week. But anyways, that's the whole conceit of the thing. And even, they even say that. Like, Peter is even like, why didn't he just wait a week? Why was it so important to him? In the next scene, which is the most chippy scene, is when Peter's (laughs) talking to his wife. So Peter has a wife named Elizabeth. Peter's talking to his wife about this whole Neil situation. And his wife, Elizabeth, is like, 
oh, this is about Neil? I've been competing with him for the last three years. <laughs> the thing about that is... Neil has been in prison for four years. So when Elizabeth says, I've been competing with him for three years, that's not like back when Peter was hunting Neil for his job. That means that in the last three years that Neil has been in prison, Peter has been (laughs) obsessed enough with this guy who's in prison that his wife feels like she's competing with him. (laughs) Like, it's one thing if it was like, oh, you were really obsessed with him while you were hunting him for his job. But no, he was in prison and you were just apparently so obsessed with him that your wife knows all about him and feels threatened by him. <laughs> like, what? Saying Al feels threatened by anyone is Okay, well, not, not literally. Like, she's definitely joking. But, like, the fact that, like, that's even a joke she makes means that Peter was actively interested in Neil while Neil was still in prison. Yeah. Which is wild. He also makes a bunch of comments about how Neil's super smart. And he's like, wow, Neil's smart. You know how I love smart people. And he compares <laughs> Neil to his wife. He, she's like, oh, like, how smart is Neil? Is he like all those Harvard grads that you work with or whatever? And he's like, no, he's almost as smart as the woman I married. And it's like, you just keep drawing parallels between Neil and your wife. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so that, that was another moment. But his wife is fun. I like Elizabeth. So then he... Neil becomes his informant, and the whole, like, rest of the episode is about um, Neil helping him track down this uh, fraud guy called the Dutchman. Um, We also just see a lot of Neil being very charming. He's, like, gets set up in this really crappy hotel place, and within a day, he meets this, like, older woman at a thrift store who lives in a super nice house, and he charms her into, like, letting him live with her. And so he's living in this really nice house um, with this really cool older lady named June who I like a lot and June's granddaughter who's like a hot art student and the rest of the episode basically follows them tracking down this Dutchman guy um we also find out that Peter's assistant person she has a title but I don't remember it was like her his I think he said probation officer which sounds like a probation officer I thought was like when you're like, yeah, and you got out of juvie and someone's checking up on you and that's your probation officer. I don't know what a probation officer is when you're an FBI agent. She's like, essentially like an intern. You know how doctors have to, at the end of their training, go into hospitals? It's kind of like that. Okay. So anyways, she works with him and her name is Diana and she's cool and she's a lesbian. And uh, Neil is trying to like flirt her. with her. Yeah, she's cool. Um, Her actress is cute too. Neil's trying to flirt with her, and then Peter's like, nah, you're barking up the wrong tree. That's never going to work. <laughs> and then uh, Neil realizes she's gay, and he's like, oh, I see. Um, and then he has a conversation with Peter about, like, I thought the FBI hated gay people. And Peter's like, nah, that's the military. <laughs> we just have a don't ask, don't tell policy. And, like, again, I think that that's whole not what thing... what he says. That's literally what he says. No, he says... Neil asks if they have a policy, and Peter uh-huh. says... Peter says... No, that's the military. We don't ask. We don't care. Which is obviously a joke. Well, like, yeah, regardless. <laughs> I, I, it's, he, he's fine. He doesn't care. But the, the, that conversation is, like, clearly it's meant to be just, like, about fleshing out Diana and also about, like, the one woman that Neil can't woo. Um, but also, like, <laughs> coming off the heels of, like, Peter talking about how in love he is with Neil, and then Neil being like, oh, I thought you couldn't be gay in the FBI. I'm like, are you, like, 
asking him about himself because he's been flirting with you for five years or whatever. Um, I know that's not the intention of the scene, but it made me laugh. But yeah, the the mystery solving aspect of the show of like them trying to track down the the forger guy is cool is fun. Like I think it's really like it's well paced. I was like interested to see like what clue they were going to uncover next and stuff. Um, and then the other like subplot of the episode is. It's Peter and Elizabeth's wedding anniversary coming up, and Neil knows this. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing about this is I they don't specify if it's wedding anniversary or, like, relationship anniversary, but if it's wedding anniversary, they've only been married for three years, apparently. That's what it sounds like from that Elizabeth saying she's be been right. competing with for three years. Well, like, that line about I've been competing with him for three years... I was like, have you only been married for three years? Did he only become obsessed with Neil three years ago? Because... Like, if Neil knows the wedding anniversary, that makes me think that he knew this before he went to prison. So that line about three years really threw me. I feel like they didn't think that line through. (laughs) Also, at one point, he talks to Neil about how Neil's been sending him birthday cards for years and stuff. Like, (laughs) they've had, like, a weird sort of, like, almost... Like, I don't think they were fully, like, pen pals, but, like, they've kept in touch to some degree. Neil's a little shit. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Neil remembers Peter's anniversary and Peter doesn't. Um, and then Peter spends the rest of the episode trying to get Neil to help him figure out what he should do for his like his wife's wedding anniversary. And Neil is like, well, what is she like? And Peter's like, I don't know. And Peter <laughs> has to like start like stalking, like FBI stalking his wife to figure out what she likes because he's like <laughs> generic TV husband who doesn't know anything about his wife somehow, even though he supposedly loves her, but he knows everything about Neil and Neil calls him out on that. <laughs> he's like, you knew my shoe size and you don't even know what your wife likes. <laughs> and yeah, it's wild. Shoe size is also like... You probably didn't go there, but shoe size struck me as odd just because in TV, especially adult TV, shoe size very clearly means something else. That's a lot. Almost always. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So I did catch that where I was like, "Mm, that's a weird thing to pick. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So this whole episode is just showing us in... In no, not even subtly, that Peter knows Neil better than he knows his wife and is more obsessed with Neil than he is with his wife. That is just the theme of the episode. Peter and Al are, like, such a good couple. Peter and Al, like, they're a really good couple. I think the pilot doesn't do a great job of that. Yeah. But overall, they are a very good couple. I can believe that. And I think that Elle is a very, like... She seems like a good character. Like, I liked her. But the pilot does not set them up as a good couple. Because he doesn't know anything about he what his wife He does actually likes. go on vacation, though. Okay, yeah. So it ends with him, his... his. Okay, okay, but... Mm-hmm. Okay, but the core conceit of, like, every drama mm-hmm. is that the bumbling husband uh, promised to take his wife on vacation... And for some anniversary, he decides to do it, but then they never do it. The fact that Peter actually does it is such a huge thing in a drama to be like, no, this is a good husband. And I understand he's, like, not there in the pilot, Mm -hmm. but for this era, actually going on that vacation is such a huge step in the right direction. I feel like that's just showing how bad the husbands usually are in dramas and not necessarily how good Peter is, <laughs> but uh, 
I'll, I'll buy it. Like, I don't think they're intentionally trying to set Peter up as a, as a bad husband. Like, I think that the idea of this is supposed to show that he's a good husband. But, like, when you really think about it, he doesn't know. He literally has to start, like, looking at his wife's, like, CDs and jewelry. He's like, what is she like? And then he, like, figures out, like, what kind of, like, music and food she likes as if it's, like, some big revelation that he figured out. He's, like, he's so <laughs> proud of himself. And Neil is like, yeah, this is, like, not good enough. And Peter's like, what? It's like, dude, how do you not know? <laughs> do you never talk to your wife? Anyways, what else happens? Um, So, yeah, it ends with him... His gift that he ends up giving Elizabeth is uh, he, like, sets up a cute little, like, beach scene on the roof of Neil's apartment. <laughs> or, like, building that Neil's living in. Yeah. Uh, so Neil, I guess, gave him access to the roof. Um, and then he gives her tickets to go uh, on a vacation because he keeps promising her this vacation. And then the resolving of the main plot of tracking down the uh, fraud guy is they find a warehouse where they're printing these fake bonds. And uh, Peter is like, we can't just break in there because warrant law exists, which I was like, good cop actually respecting warrant (laughs) law because a lot of cop shows don't. And then, but Neil is like, and the other thing is if they don't figure it out by the end of the week, this guy is going to leave the country and they're going to lose track of him. And Peter is like, you're going to go back to jail because we'll have failed to track the guy down. So Neil's like on a deadline. And Neil comes up with this great plan to basically get himself captured by the guy who's printing the fake bonds and taken into his, like, warehouse because he has an ankle tracker and if he leaves a certain area, it notifies um, Peter and Peter can go track him down because then he'll be a fugitive. So he tracks him to this warehouse and he's allowed to go into the warehouse because he's tracking a fugitive. And so he goes in and then they can see all the evidence and then they're allowed to arrest the guys for the evidence. Which I thought was, that was a good little, like, fun like neil being smart whatever that was good good ending yeah yeah and so it ends with them being and um peter telling neil that like this is a permanent situation now like you're gonna be my informant and he literally says i own you for the next four years (laughs) (laughs) he does (laughs) um and then we also have the the like kind of sub sub plot that um neil wants to go find his girlfriend kate and some guy with a ring has like found her and something bad is going on there and he really wants to go find her but um peter is like don't go looking for her leave that alone and neil's like i'm gonna go look for her and i think the episode ends with him looking at this security footage picture that he has of her that his friend mozzie gave him who mozzie is only in a couple scenes in this episode but i really like him and i'm very intrigued by him and what his story is which i feel like we would learn more of in later episodes oh yeah mozzie is everything i love mozzie <laughs> part of neil doing the whole like using the ankle tracker to break into the warehouse and stuff is that Peter tells him, you have to tell me who your friend is who gave you this information, which is Mozzie. And Neil's like, yeah, totally. But then he doesn't because he does this plan instead, which makes me think he's like protecting Mozzie from like, I'm assuming Mozzie is some kind of criminal and he doesn't want the FBI to like meet him or know him. Yeah. Um, But we don't really know. Um, Yeah. I think that's basically the whole pilot. Yeah. Good job. Mozzie is a criminal. Mozzie is also like a conspiracy theorist. (laughs) <laughs> and he just really hates the FBI. That's fair. Which is a big part of it. Uh, God, I love White Collar. Anyways, <laughs> what did you think of the pilot of White Collar? Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was a really good pilot. It, like, the, the mystery-solving, tracking down this fraud guy was fun. It did a little bit have that, like, everything just happens to work out. Like, you find one detail and you're like, this is a clue and then it's it's right. Um, but I feel like that's just 
that's just the genre, and I'm willing to like suspend my disbelief for it. I also had a lot of that like heterosexual couple nonsense that's in a lot of dramas, I feel like. Um, but I feel like Elizabeth seemed like a better wife character than a lot of characters. So like, I feel like it wasn't too bad. Um, and Peter grew on me. I did not like Peter for the first bit of the first episode, but then he seemed like he was, he could be actually a good character and not just a smarmy cop. So it was good. Neil was fun. Mozzie was fun. Um, I, I don't know if I would keep watching the show because it's very much not my type of show, but I think it was a really good pilot. I didn't hate it. I feel like the pilot of White Collar is not a great example of the show. Mm. Largely because, first of all, it has this weird, like, CSI Miami-ass typeface that... (laughs) I legit forgot was ever in the show. It, the Okay, I watched the pilot, and then I just kept watching it because I mm-hmm. love this show. And <laughs> it struck me as so odd how the first couple of episodes are, like, obviously in this, like, late 2000s cop show style. And then they start getting their own spin. Like, a couple episodes in, you get the, mm. like... White Collar has its own, like, transition, which is very... It's not, like, a unique transition, but it's unique for a cop show to have. It has that, like, mm-hmm. sliding scene transition that's actually usually used at, like, the start of a rom-com. Okay. And it uses that a lot throughout, and it has, like, very bright colors, whereas, like, in the start, I feel like it's very dull, and it has this, like, weird camera work, mm. and I was like... This isn't this show. Like, the pilot is still very good, but Mm -hmm. White Collar shines when it is a crime drama, and I feel like the episode is so cop show. It was very cop show, yes. It's very cop show, and, like, White Collar is at its best when Neil is actively doing crime. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't... I mean, does he do... I think the only crime he technically does in this is, like running away, like, doing the whole, like, oh, I'm a fugitive, and you're gonna track me down. Yeah. But, like, you definitely get a sense that he's capable of, of cool crimes. He, he, like, does the, like, I'm breaking my anklet to help the FBI thing, and mm-hmm. in the first couple of episodes, the things he does is, like, mostly to help the FBI, but as the show goes on, when he starts, like, actually doing crime to do crime... It's just, like, (laughs) the hybrid, like, cop show, crime show thing works so well in White Collar, and I really feel like no other show has hit that mark, like, as strongly as White Collar does. Interesting. Yeah, I I definitely think uh, it could go interesting places. I'm sure it does go interesting places, knowing how much you like it and how much Valerie likes it. The pilot was, yeah, very cop show, which is, like, not something I'm interested in um, as far as cop shows go. Like, it wasn't bad, but, like, yeah, maybe I'd have to watch more episodes to see if I would, like, actually like this. Because um, it did feel a little too generic for me. Yeah. But it was fun. It's fun. It doesn't... The pilot's fun, but, like, it gets so much better. Mm. Like, I watched, like, five episodes last night. It's just, it's so fun. Like, Neil is such a good, dynamic character. 
Mm-hmm. And they have a whole thing where they, because Neil is supposed to be, like, the ladies' man of the show, like, that is his character. Mm-hmm. He's a con man. He's bright. He's charismatic. This is what he does. Mm-hmm. The show continuously throws these, like, really hot women at him for, like, one episode. And the whole FBI is like, yeah, go undercover, flirt with her, whatever. And Neil spends the whole episode being like, I have a girlfriend. <laughs> that is a fun <laughs> And it's like, you don't. She literally dumped you. Yeah. The other thing, and I think, like, I'd have to watch more of this to, like, know more about Kate, is, like, a big part of Neil's motivation in this whole pilot, and presumably the whole show, is, like, I need to track down Kate. I love Kate. Everything I'm doing is for Kate. And, like, we don't know anything about Kate. All we know is that Kate dumped him and yelled at him. Like, and, like, I get that, like, you can't necessarily, like, play all your cards in the pilot, but, like, I don't know. I I wanted them to, like, give me, like, just a little bit more about Kate so that I, like, knew why Neil cared other than just she's my girlfriend. (laughs) But I don't know. I'm hoping that later on we learn more and we buy it that he would like do this and make like stupid decisions for kate but like if a a little bit just like well that's what you do for your girlfriend yeah it definitely does have the vibe of like this is what you do for your girlfriend um Mm -hmm. kate is my least favorite love interest Mm. i don't like her i don't like their dynamic (laughs) she is there as a plot point yeah, which is that sucks. upsetting, but I I also think the actress is really weak in this role. I actually mm. like the actress who plays Kate, and I mm-hmm. don't think it's her fault. Like, I don't think they mm. gave her enough for mm. her to do yeah. anything with it, um, but it kind of throws off a lot of the show, just the fact that, like, it's so well written and it's so well done. The characters are so dynamic, and then there's Kate. Mm-hmm. That sucks. (laughs) So that's part of why Kate's my least favorite of the love interests. Mm -hmm. Neil's love interests are actually fantastic, and Kate's just the worst one. (laughs) (laughs) She just is. There is a whole backstory episode on them, and they're, like, really cute. I do think the backstory episode does a good job of, like, this is why he would go out of his way for this girl. Like, he does Mm -hmm. love her. Mm -hmm. He also completely fucks up her life, but... (laughs) Jeez, Neil, just let her totally go. Totally a hundred percent his fault she's in this situation. Oh jeez. <laughs> but I mean I guess I guess if it's his fault, then like maybe he feels responsible and that's why he's making stupid decisions, but like You could definitely read it that way. Yeah, that was that was I feel like the weakest part of the pilot too. Like I didn't buy why he Like the whole like it's one week, dude, and you were gonna track her down anyways. Like you couldn't wait one week <laughs> and save yourself all the trouble. Yeah. It's <laughs> Uh, yeah but oh well you know the sometimes plots need to have slight contrivances to get their story going yeah do you want to guess what happens i feel like you would only be able to guess like the first season's plot based on this yeah i mean yeah i have no idea where like the whole story would go based on what happens in the pilot i mean i'm assuming my guess for like the next episode is that peter goes on his trip with his wife Neil's like alone in the city and I'm pretty sure he doesn't have his ankle bracelet anymore because he's like he's not I don't I don't know that wasn't clear but whether he does or not I mean if he doesn't I think he just straight up goes to look for Kate if he does still have the ankle bracelet he comes up with some 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 smart little plan to track down Kate without tipping Peter off that he's leaving his ankle bracelet area 
either way, he's going to be, like, trying to look for Kate. And then Peter's going to come back and he's going to be like, Neil, I told you not to look for Kate. And then it's going to be a whole thing. Uh... (laughs) And he's going to end up finding Kate eventually, maybe in season one. And there's going to be something like the that guy with the ring is like a mafia guy or something <laughs> bad. And he has to like fight him or whatever to save Kate. Uh, and he's going to succeed. But then she's still going to dump him or something. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and then they're going to solve a bunch more crimes. I feel like it's going to be kind of like a crime of the week thing. But then there's like the subplots. And then also Peter and Neil fall in love. Okay. That doesn't <laughs> That's not going to happen, but it should. That's not going to happen. It is a crime of the week. Uh, They just Mm kind of skip over Peter's vacation because it is a cop show. Yeah. I just felt like there was, they were really setting up like, Peter's gone, so Neil's alone. And you know what Neil's going to do? Make some stupid decisions about Kate. (laughs) Fair, because Peter is 90% of Neil's impulse control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not saying shit didn't go down that week. We just don't know. So <laughs> that's behind the scenes. Neil did a bunch of crazy shit while Peter was on vacation. Neil probably robbed an art museum. Good for him. There's an episode. I, it might even be the second episode. It could be the third where they're tracking down something stolen. And Peter like tells Neil this and then gives Neil a look. And Neil's like, I didn't steal it. And Peter's like, <laughs> I know. I checked your anklet. And apparently he, like, prints out a map of everywhere Neil goes in a day when he's, like, not with Neil. Peter is obsessed with Neil. He cares more about Neil than he cares about his wife. To be fair, Neil's, like, release is insanely open. He literally gets his own place to live. If he's not working a case, they don't care what the fuck he's doing as long as he doesn't leave this radius. He's in New York City. Like, it's a two-mile radius, and that doesn't sound very big. But, like, Mm -hmm. it's New York. Everything is in that radius. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know. They're they're letting him be very free. It's a very free passage. So I, as an FBI agent, would probably also be tracking his anklet. (laughs) But anyway. No, that's fair. But he's also obsessed with them. I mean, the question is, guess the canon gays, but you know the canon gay because they literally tell you. Yeah, Diana, she's cool. Does she get to have, like, a cool girlfriend? She was flirting with a lady at the airport. So, Diana is in the pilot, and then we don't see her again until season two. Dang. Yeah, so she gets replaced by another FBI agent who is, like, clearly supposed to be posed as the love interest, even though the show has made a decision to have Neil be very faithful to Kate. So it's actually a really interesting dynamic because they essentially say this is like a cop CI show. So we have to Mm -hmm. have a cop and a CI fall in love. So we have to put Lauren in this position to be that person. But then Mm -hmm. they don't do anything with it because they're like, we have made the decision to make Neil a very good, faithful man. And it's like, (laughs) why is she here? I actually love Lauren. Lauren's badass. But (laughs) it's also weird that that they did that after in the pilot, clearly establishing that the character that Neil thought was going to be the girl he gets to flirt with is a lesbian, so he can't flirt with her. And then making another character to replace her to also not have him flirt with her. I feel like it must have been a taping conflict. Like, the actress Mm. uh, who played Diana must have not been available. That's fair. She does have a girlfriend. Her girlfriend's never that important. Like, the Mm -hmm. show... A lot of cop shows care a lot about every single person on their team and their personal life. Mm -hmm. This show doesn't. 
That's fair. I feel like that's kind of better. You can focus in on, like, a few characters. Yeah, realistically, it only cares about Neil's love life and Peter and Al. Mm-hmm. So everyone else is like, eh. Um, Diana does have a girlfriend. She might be her wife at one point. I'm not sure. We definitely don't see a wedding. Mm-hmm. Diana does have a baby. <laughs> nice. Which is important. There's a lot going on. I love Diana. She's <laughs> everything. She was cool. I'm glad she comes back, even if she's not in season one. Yeah, we lose her, but it's okay, because she's amazing. Nice. And the other one is Guess My Favorite Ship, which you actually can't do based on this episode, because it's not Peter and Neil. (laughs) (laughs) I I totally believe that Peter and Neil become more of a a father-son or uncle-nephew relationship, and I definitely believe that's kind of what the show was trying to do, but man, this pilot. Yeah. They really hammered home the Peter cares more about Neil than his wife thing. I think they got, because the pilot is trying to be so classic cop show, Mm -hmm. I think it really got bugged down in the idea that, like, every other cop show is the CIA and the cop are in love. (laughs) Um, Because listening to you say it, like, I do, I do see it. It's just I've seen the whole show and I don't feel that way about them. That's fair. I feel like a lot of the fandom um, doesn't ship just Neil and Peter. I feel like a lot of people ship Neil, Peter, and Elizabeth. That's, I I could believe that. I actually wrote in my notes at one point, uh, LMAO at Neil helping Peter plan his anniversary. Just have a threesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because because Neil meets Elizabeth at one point and she, like, loves Neil. She thinks Neil's great. (laughs) Yeah, they have, like, a real vibe. There's Mm -hmm. an episode where Neil, like, asks Peter if he can do something and Peter says no. And then Neil just calls Elizabeth (laughs) and asks her if he can do it. And she says yes. I... I, I would be down with that, OT3. Yeah. And there's also an episode where Neil pretends to be Peter and Peter pretends to be Neil. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Which is everything. So Neil's just like, yeah, my wife. And Peter's like, fuck off. Uh- <laughs> but, okay, to guess my favorite ship, I'm mm-hmm. going to describe to you all of Neil's love interests, mm-hmm. and you have to decide who's my favorite. Okay. I was going to say I'm guessing one of your favorite ships is Neil and someone who's not Kate, so I'm excited yes. to see. Okay, I'll try to guess. So, Kate, we've been over. She's boring. She's uh-huh. the typical girlfriend who gets fridged. Mm-hmm. That's her job. There's <laughs> of course. Alex, who... Alex is very confusing. I don't know if when Alex comes on, she's supposed to be Neil's ex or just, like, someone Neil has dealt with who he has sexual tension with. Mm -hmm. It's kind of unclear. But Alex is a fence, uh, which means she sells stolen stuff. Oh, yeah. And she's worked with Neil before, and that's how we're introduced to her. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's super cool, and there's a whole episode where she just repeatedly gets Neil arrested, and I'm (laughs) in love with her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's peak. I'm definitely going to miss someone, but... Um, <laughs> That's okay. And there's Sarah, and Sarah is... I'm going to call her an insurance agent. That's definitely not what she does. Mm-hmm. But she's essentially, like, a bounty hunter for an insurance company in that, like... Oh, okay. Insurance companies pay her to recover things that have been stolen because it is l- less expensive for them to pay her commission mm-hmm. on, like what it's insured for than for them to have to pay out the whole insurance because the thing is just gone. Okay. Right? She she could she she should be charging more. <laughs> she gets paid like 10% or something and mm. she works for an insurance company that is like working for museums. 
So if something gets stolen, it's literally millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> she gets paid a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. She's very rich. <laughs> she's very rich. And her relationship with Neil is also, like, very antagonistic because mm-hmm. she's been looking for... I don't know. There's a specific painting she's been looking for who that Neil, quote-unquote, allegedly stole. Mm-hmm. And they have this, like, weird tension where she's like, give me this painting. And he's like, wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of being a bitch about it. And it's great. <laughs> um, at one point, he gives her a print of the painting. Like, he buys, like, a cheap print and is like, hey, I have this for you. And she's like, really? <laughs> That's great. And then there's... Okay, I don't 100% remember this love interest name. Her name is either Rebecca or Rachel. Mm-hmm. I think it's Rebecca, so I'm going to go with Rebecca. I could look <laughs> it up, but I won't. Eh, we'll assume it's Rebecca. Rebecca is... I don't 100% remember this, but Rebecca is a employee at an art gallery, mm-hmm. and Neil steals her employee badge so he can rob the art gallery. Okay. But in doing so, like, straight up introduces himself to her and, like, flirts and is like, hi. And, like, must give her his number or something. Because when she gets fired, she has a way to contact him. They might just, Mm -hmm. like, run into each other on the street or something. But he feels bad about it Mm -hmm. because it's totally his fault. Yeah. Uh, They end up hooking up and Mm -hmm. he... I think has given her a fake name and it turns out she's also given him a fake name <laughs> and she's playing him too. She's kind That's of great. an icon. This is what I'm saying. All of Neil's other love interests are like complete badasses. <laughs> and then there's Kate. Dang. So yes, you have Alex, the fence, Sarah, the insurance agent and Rachel, the fake museum docent. <laughs> Okay, um, I think, I think my instinct, oh, I was gonna say Alex, is, but, hmm, maybe Sarah. I feel like not the one whose name you don't remember. It's Sarah. I love the one whose name I don't remember. She's just not my favorite ship. Neil and Sarah are great. <laughs> Sarah, okay. Because at first I was thinking Alex, because the idea of her getting him repeat- repeatedly arrested is very fun. But then when you said the thing about Sarah, him giving her the fake painting, that's also very fun. <laughs> yeah, Neil and Sarah also rob a bank at one point. Nice. <laughs> God, it's such a good show. It's funny because um, it... I, I don't think it's really similar at all to Chuck, but Chuck is one of the very few, like, cop adjacent shows that I've ever watched. Um, and also, the actress who plays Elizabeth looks and acts a lot like one of the main characters in Chuck, whose name is also Ellie, I think? Oh, she totally does. Yeah. And also the main girl in that is Sarah. Yeah, so I've, like, seen Chuck, and I agree that the, like, silly cop show vibe is mm-hmm. definitely there. hmm The biggest difference being that Chuck has this big overwhelming conspiracy theory thing mm-hmm. that doesn't really... I mean, White Collar kind of... Ha- White Collar has season plot lines, but usually the plot is, like, done at the end of the season. It doesn't really have, like, an overarching big conspiracy plot. Okay, yeah. No, Chuck very much does. And the other obvious difference 
is that Chuck is about a guy who has no experience with any of this being thrown into this world of FBI and stuff. And White Collar is about a guy who's very good at being a criminal (laughs) being thrown into all of this stuff. So that's also kind of the opposite dynamic. But Said you're not going to keep watching White Collar, my favorite show? (sighs) Look, uh, I I didn't dislike it. I would probably watch it like if you or Valerie was like watching it and was like come watch it with me I might but like it's just I'm not into cop shows really (laughs) the only reason I watched Chuck is because Valerie was like you have to watch it and and also it was a bit more of a comedy which I I don't know White Collar is so much more a crime show than it is a cop show like it is a cop show but it's just well even a crime show I don't know I'm not I don't like shows about a bunch of boring adults being boring adults. <laughs> Neil is not boring. Well, that's true. But I'm much more likely to watch a live action show if it's either about teenagers or if it's about like something supernatural or like magical. Like it's like sci-fi or something. But just like straight up real world adults is not my jam. But like there's cool art heists and... <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that I'll never watch it. it. I did like the pilot, but of all the things I have to watch, it's not like that high on my list. But I wouldn't refuse to watch it. Okay. <laughs> that's that's my hedging answer. Do you know what I'm watching next episode? Yes. I'm going to make you watch the first episode Actually, I need to check really quickly if it's like a two-parter pilot and if I want to make you watch the first two episodes. But the show I'm going to make you watch, it's called Race to the Edge. It is the second How to Train Your Dragon spinoff cartoon. Okay. (laughs) There is a previous one called Riders of Burke, but I think Race to the Edge is much better and more interesting than than Riders of Burke and has a more interesting pilot. So I'm going to make you watch that. Okay. Oh, yeah. So it's a two-part pilot. So I think I'll make you watch both part one and part two. Called uh, Dragon Eye of the Beholder Part 1 and Dragon Eye of the Beholder Part 2 um, of Race to the Edge on Netflix. We're going to talk about dragons. Dragons. Okay. Yeah. I like dragons. So Yeah. That is our show. Uh, you can talk to us by mm-hmm. emailing us at episodeepiphanies at gmail.com or mm-hmm. add us on Twitter at epiphaniespod. We may or may not make an Instagram also called Epiphanies Pod. Yes. So. We will see you either on the 14th or the 28th, depending depending on when this airs. Yep. <laughs> you are smarter than both of us combined. That's true. Bye. Bye. Bye.